I began a few weeks ago talking to you about shaping your tomorrow, so we're going to continue that today. So would you take your Bibles and go to the book of Genesis, the 13th chapter. And as you're doing that, let me say hello to the campuses that are joining with us today. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Church. And whether you're joining us in Cordova or Craneville or Henderson or Savannah, we're glad you're with us today. And I believe that God has a word for you. So as you get ready there, we're getting ready to hear to receive what God has for us. We began a couple of weeks ago talking to you on the subject of shaping your tomorrow. And here's what I know. You play a part in your destiny. You, you have an important decision to make whether or not your life is going to be the abundant life that Jesus Christ told you you can have or if you have one of those lives where you're just kind of getting by and just kind of going through the motion of life. And so we begin the first week, we talked to you about that harvest is in the seed. In other words, that what you do on a daily basis produces your harvest. What you're doing right now, what you're doing this week is going to bring a harvest into your life. And last week we talked to you about what were you thinking? And we've all been asked that at some point in our life. What were we thinking? And so we talked about how that our thought patterns, and according to the Word of God, as a man thinks or as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. And so we talked about that last week. Now this week, uh, I want you to look in the book of Genesis because I think that this possibly, there's six of these sermons, but I think possibly this may be the most vital one for you to really get a hold of so that you can move in to everything that God has for you. Genesis, the 14th chapter. I think I made my first mistake. I said, I, I think I said 13. It is 13. I'm looking at 14. Let's back this train up. I was right. I did not make a mistake. I never have. Genesis, yeah. That's my wife. Genesis, the 13th chapter, verse 14 and 15 says, The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, Lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and south, east and west. All the land that you will see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. Now, we're talking about shaping our tomorrow. And here's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk to you today about look beyond today. Would you say that with me? Look beyond today. Now, here's what we're going to be boiling it down to today. I'm going to be talking to you about dreams. Dreams are the thing that transform your life. The Word of God lets us know that God is a dreamer. Now, a lot of people say, well, I don't believe God's a dreamer. God lives in yesterday and He lives in tomorrow, so God doesn't have any business dreaming. Well, here's what the Bible says about God. It says that He calls those things that are not as though they were. That's a dream. In other words, they're not there, but He already sees them as being there, and He calls those things that are not as though they were. The 1960s dawned on America with great hope and great promise. As you study history, and if those of you who live through history... When you look at that decade, what you find is, is that that which dawned so brightly quickly turned into turmoil. The 1960s were plagued by a war that nobody wanted to go into called the Vietnam War. It was plagued by riots. It was plagued by a lot of things going on in the political scene that nobody really was happy about. But in the middle of that time, there was a man who came to the forefront. He wasn't an elected officer. He didn't hold a position. He wasn't a judge nor a lawyer. In fact, he was a minister. But he stepped to the forefront in that day, and he began to cry out for justice in our land. 
And on August the 28th, 1963, Martin Luther King stood on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and he gave a 16, almost a 17-minute speech that genuinely galvanized a nation and changed it. The first 12 or 13 minutes of that speech, he does not reference what we all reference about that speech. But about 13 minutes into the speech, he says, I have a dream. And he begins to talk about what that dream looks like, how that dream is going to be lived out. And in that moment, a nation that had years before signed and passed the Emancipation Proclamation began to say it's about time that we live what we said we're going to live. And America began to radically change. Yes, we are not everything that we ought to be, but it was because of somebody who had a dream. He didn't hold an office. I think some of us need to understand that. We are looking to political leaders to change. The revolution that came in the 60s and the transformation that happened in the 60s was not because of lawyers. It was not because of politicians. It was because of a preacher who stood and said, I have a dream. And you know what? That dream cost him his life, but that dream literally changed the face of America. And as we look at that today, what I want to say to you is that each and every one of us have been given a dream. If you are created in the image of God, what that means is, is that you have eternity dwelling in you. Now you need to think about that for a minute. Here's what I believe. I believe that when we were created in the image of God, eternity came into the present. And God gave us the eternal to come into the present so that we could live in eternity to change what the present now is. And so when you begin to live that way, what you do is, is you live in a dream. You live in a place of not focusing on what you see, not focusing on the mundane things of life. You genuinely begin to say, I know that there can be a difference happening and I am the one who can make that difference take place. It's interesting that during that season, I, I was a teenager in the 70s, and, and, and I can remember, you know, back then, I don't know what kids do now, but back then we put posters on our wall. You know, it might be a rock group, it might be an actor or an actress, or I ain't going to tell you all that were on my wall. But anyway, uh, for some reason, and I still really don't even know why, it was a picture of a flag, and it had a saying on it, and here was the saying. It was a saying by Robert F. Kennedy. Actually, it was a saying by George Bernard Shaw, but Robert F. Kennedy said it, and he changed it a little bit. And here's what that saying is. He said this, some men see things as they are and say why. Robert F. Kennedy said, I dream things that never were and say, why not? And I can remember looking at day in and day out, and I don't know if somehow there, there was something that happened in my life, but as, as I began to do that, I began to really believe that there was a way out of the place that I was in. You've got to understand, I was born in Africa born in a, and lived in a mud hut. I lived in a place that most of you have never seen. My parents were missionaries. We had a thatched roof. We had lizards that ran around the house. We had snakes that got in and leopards on top of the house when they wanted to be. I lived in the jungle. Nobody would have ever thought that I would have been able to have done anything in America. 
because I was born in Africa. And yet, as God began to lead my life and bring me to this place and to this time, what I have seen is, is that God is able to take anybody who is willing to dream and to take them to places that they do not believe that they can go. It is part and parcel of whether or not we really believe that we can make a difference. And so God's given us that ability. And, and, and I, wa- I want to share with you out of this passage in the book of Genesis, because I believe what God is doing here with Abraham is that he is giving him a dream. Uh, just as Martin Luther King uh, gave African Americans a dream in the 60s, uh, we have been given a dream by God Almighty, and Abraham was given a dream. And that dream was, Abraham, leave your country and go to a place that I am going to show you whose builder and maker is God. And as Abraham begins that journey, as it begins to go that way, what we find is, is that there's a lot of hurdles, there's a lot of things that he has to go through, but what we find is that there is something sustaining about the power of a dream. Each and every one of us, hear me carefully, I believe with all of my heart, each and every one of us have been given the seed of a dream. I believe that there is something that God has called you to that nobody else can do. You are created. Listen, if we are so distinctive that our fingerprints are not alike, that that all kind of things about us are unique, that there are no two of us who are identical, even if we are identical twins, we're not the same, then I believe that God has a purpose for my being here. I believe that when God created you and when he formed you in your mother's womb, I believe no matter what the circumstances of that birth were, I believe with all of my heart, God in destiny put his fingerprint upon you and said, this is one that I am going to put my life in, my breath in, and my dream in, and I am going to allow them to do something great for me. And so I want to tell you, just before I even get into the message today, don't settle for second best. Don't settle for what somebody else tells you is your dream. Don't give in. Don't give up. Don't stop. Continue to believe what the Word of God says. If God is for me, if God is for you, then who can be against you? And when you understand that, you begin to live in a different dimension in a different way. Now, what we have happening here in the life of Abraham is quite interesting. Look in the 14th verse, if you would. It says, Then the Lord said to Abram, he's still Abram at that point. His name hasn't been changed. It said, After Lot had parted. In other words, he and Lot had had a falling out. Lot took the best land. And then God said, After this took place, Lift up your eyes, Abram, from where you are, and look north and south, east and west. Now, let me show you some things about dreams. Number one is, dreams focus you on the future. All right, don't miss this. When God says, Abram, I want you to look up. How many of you know if we're not careful, we spend a lot of time what I call navel gazing? And I'm not talking about introspection either. I'm talking about, you know, we just kind of, oh, poor pitiful me. Life is tough. Nobody likes me. It's all over. You know, I've had this setback. I've had that major problem. I've had this difficulty. I've gone through that marriage. I went through that business. I went through that career. I tried that college. I tried this college. I tried another college. (laughs) Right? Come on, keep trying. You'll find one you'll like. The, the, the process is this, is that dreams, when, when God said to Abram, he said, look up, and he said, look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. What he's doing is, is that he is focusing him on the future. See, what I find about a lot of Christians is they're focused on the past. They can tell you all the great moves of God back then. 
They can tell you what God did in the 90s. They can tell you what God did in 2010. But they're not focused on what God is getting ready to do. They can tell you what God has done in the past, but they cannot tell you what God is getting ready to do. Here's what I believe. I believe that a God-given dream is a faith picture of the future. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I believe that your dream, when it comes from God, it's it's a picture in faith that you begin to look at, you you begin to grasp a hold of, and you begin to live at a different level. Have you ever been around a bride who's getting ready to get married? She's got a faith picture, right? I mean, she's got a faith picture of what that bride, what that wedding party is going to be like. And some of them, yes, do turn into bridezillas and all those things. But I mean, they, they have got a picture of what it is going to be and how it's going to happen. What, what, a, what a dream does is that it helps you to see the world differently. Instead of settling for what's in front of you. See, that's what, that's what God always does. God never settles for what he sees. God is always creating something that nobody else sees. That's that's what a miracle is. When when we look at the natural, we see poverty, we see destruction, we see all kinds of things. But I read the Word of God. And you know what the Bible says? You want to think God's a dreamer? Here's what God's Word says. The Bible says that the glory of God is going to fill the entire earth. God says, before I return, my glory, here's, here's my dream. You want to know God's dream? God says, my dream is my glory is going to fill the entire earth. Now, the only way that that is going to happen is for you and I to get on board, to do what God has called us to do, to fulfill our destiny, and to live to our potential in what God has called us to do. Look in verse 15. Verse 15, God goes on to say, all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring, to your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. I will give it to them forever. Here's the second thing about dreams. Dreams are seeds of reality. What is it you're dreaming for? What is it you're believing for? What is it today that you know that's down inside of you? You can't see it in the natural yet, but you know God has spoken to you. Some of you, that's about your business. Some of you know that that you really believe God called you into your profession. You believe that God called you to be a doctor or a lawyer or a school teacher or an accountant or whatever it is. And you know what? God can do that. God God can, can lay those things on your heart so that when you move into that, you can see the blessings of God on that. And what it is is, is that when I when I have that dream, I, I don't see it, but I got a, I've got a seed of it. And, and so God told him, he said, look up all this stuff around here. And he said, I want to I explain something to you. I am giving this to you. This is yours. And it's not just yours. It's for succeeding generations as well. I want to tell you something. You don't know what's in you, not for you, but for the next generation. See, a lot of times we're only living in a two-by-four world. And we're living in today and tomorrow, and yet God may be speaking to you to do something that you may not even see the end result. Do you realize that the Word of God lets us know that Abraham died still looking for a city whose builder and maker was God? He never saw it. But he continued to believe for it. He continued to pray. He continued to walk. He continued to do what God had called him to do. See, dreams are seeds of reality. Everything we use every day started as a dream. 
that seat that you're sitting on right now started as a dream. That car you drove in started as a dream. That airplane you get on, that jet that you walk on to started as a dream. Now, for some of you, it's a nightmare once you're on it. But it started as a dream with the Wright brothers who said, we can fly. And everybody else said, you're crazy. doesn't matter whether it's a computer or a television, what it is in your life. It started out as a dream. Every instrument you use, if you're a professional, whatever those instruments are that you use, started out as a dream from somebody who said there's a better way to do this and they created something through a dream. God lets us know that there's a seed of reality in our dreams. Verse 16, he goes on to say, he said, I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. The third thing about dreams is, and I'm talking about God-given dreams at this point. And let, and let me say this to you. I don't believe what some people teach, and that is if you can dream it, you can have it. You can achieve it. Ever heard that? If you can dream it, you can achieve it. I have dreamed about blocking Michael Jordan when he goes up for a shot. <laughs> but it ain't happening. It's not going to happen, you know, 30 years from now when they're pushing him around or he's got one of those little hover rounds. It's still not going. He'll still outmaneuver me. All right, uh, you, you know, some, some of you are hanging on, you know, you're, you're 55 years old and you, you're still hanging on to that hope that you're, you're going to be, you know, greatly used in, in some professional whatever. It, it's probably not going to happen, all right? So what we have to do is we have to say, okay, what, what are the God-given dreams? And so God spoke to Abraham and he said, here's the dream. Here's what I want you to get a hold of. That number one, look up, look at everything around you. He said, number two, understand that it's, it's a succeeding thing. That's not just going to be you, but for generation to generation. And then he said, understand this, that I am going to multiply you so greatly that generations from now will not even understand what I'm doing. So you've got to understand this. Dreams are an indicator of God's will for your life. Dream. When, when, when you have that passionate dream, I'm not talking about that pizza dream. I'm not talking about you had some spicy food last night and you had these nightmares. I'm talking about when you know that you know that you know. Larry Lee used a term years ago, and I'm going to use it today. He said there are some things that you know in your knower. You know what I'm talking about? There are just some things that everybody else around you kind of can't figure it out, but you know that God has given it to you. When it's that kind of a dream, what you find is, is that it is an indicator of God's will for your life. Dreams help us on the path to fulfill God's will. What is it God's called you to do? In that dream, in that living it out, what you find yourself doing, just as Abraham did, is that you find yourself moving forward and you begin to do things that people really thought could never be done. Now, here's what's interesting. When you begin to do that, you will find yourself experiencing things that you never thought you would experience. You will begin to see things happen that you never thought would happen. But it all comes about because of a dream. I mean, think about this. Love and Truth Ministries began as a dream in a town of 1,500 people. It began as a dream to make a difference in the world in a place that nobody even knew was on the map. But God birthed the dream. And over the past few years that dream has begun to reach out and touch the world and 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 we today 
all across the world, in, in Africa and in, in, in uh, other countries across the world, the Philippines, other places, Belize, we have outreaches. We have ministries all over the world. We literally, this church uh, and, and our other churches, we support every month over 75 pastors in countries across the world. That's not including all the missionaries from America that we support on top of that. We are really making a difference. We are not just talking about changing lives to change our world. We genuinely are changing lives to change the world. And nobody would have thought it could happen, but it began as a dream. All of you know that our church, that we have a, what we call a 2020 vision, and, and we've been asking God that by the year 2020 that we're going to plant 10 churches. And praise God, we get ready to launch our first one in South Jackson in about another month and a half or so. We're excited about that. We're believing for 10. We're believing for 100 people to be ordained to full-time ministry. We are believing that 1,000 people are going to go on missions trips. Now, here's what's exciting about that. In the last year and a half or so, we've already sent 100 people, over 100 people on missions trips. We believe thousands of people are going to be trained and activated into their ministry through our growth track process. This year alone, in, in our churches uh, throughout the U.S., we had over 500 people who went through our growth track process this year alone. And so we're excited about that. We believe that 10,000 people are going to be saved. By the year 2020, that's our dream. That's our vision. We believe that. And you know what? This past year, again, in our Love and Truth Network in the U.S., we had over 1,000 people make a first-time decision for Jesus Christ in 2012. See, God brings those dreams to pass. He bring, if, you, if you would just allow God to speak into your life, we're talking about 100,000 people to hear the gospel. Here's what we know. If we can scatter enough seed, God will bring in the harvest. And then we said, Lord, we want millions of dollars to be unleashed to the kingdom of God so that we can make a difference, so we can build uh, networks, and we can build, uh, God, a hospital, or we can build a clinic, or we can, we can build a home for unwed mothers, or whatever it is that you call. We want to be able to do that, but you've got to release that. And you know what? I believe with all of my heart God's going to do that. Amen. Why? Because it's a dream I believe God placed within the heart of this church. And as we grab a hold of it, we begin to see it pass. Let me give you the fourth thing. i got to hurry. Verse 17, God says to Abraham, Go and walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. The fourth thing about dreams is dreams challenge you. Dreams will challenge you. Now, I'm talking about a God-given dream. In fact, let me say this to you. Can, can you listen to this today? Let me help you. If you can do it by yourself, it's not a God-given dream. If you can accomplish it with your ingenuity, your intellect, your ability, your networking skills or whatever it is, then it's not from God. God's dreams are always bigger. But you know what? Here's what God tells us. He says, my dreams are bigger than yours. But he also said to us, he said, I am able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or what? Thing. Let's change that. That you can ask or dream, I can do it. God says, I'm bigger. Whatever your dream is, I'm bigger than your dream. Amen. However big you get it up there, however great it is, I am bigger than what it is that you are dreaming and I'm able to do it. So dreams challenge us. Dreams will make you do some things. Dreams will get you up in the morning. Amen. I, I want to help you. Some of you need to dream again. 
Some of you have been crushed. Some of you have gone through some difficult times. Some of you experienced, you, know, you, you, you moved into ministry maybe and, and it failed or it didn't go the way you thought that it ought to or, or you tried out a certain thing and it didn't happen or you went through a divorce or, or you went through a, a job loss. Or what. I, I want to help you today. Dream again because God's given you eternity inside of you and that eternity makes a difference in the present. But it comes about through dreams. Here's what I'll, I'll share with you. A dream from God will always involve work and sacrifice. It's not easy to fulfill the dream that God calls you to fulfill. But I promise you, it's worth it. It is worth it if you will just say, you know what? I, I have a dream for my children. And sometimes I watch parents as they work night and day almost just to see the dream lived out in that child. Just to see that child be able to go to the right school or get into the right college or do the right thing. You know what? It's that dream that's inside of you. It's probably not even inside of them at that point. But it's inside of you. It's that dream for, for your family to be greatly used of God that sometimes drives you. And, and when you don't want to go to church, you just get up and guess what? You go to church because you've got a dream of a godly family and 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 children that grow up with integrity and righteousness at the center of their life and so so you just sometimes you just do what everybody else is kind of laying in and doing their own thing you say no 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 this is this is our dream this is what we're doing this is what we're believing for some of you are on this side of the dream a little bit some of you've watched your children go in directions that are hurtful some of you have watched some of your dreams for your family crumble in your hands. And if you're not careful, you will think that that's all that there is to your life. But I promise you, the Bible says weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Don't quit believing for that child to come back to the Lord. Don't quit believing that that family is going to be put back together. Don't quit believing that God has good plans for your life and that he is going to work all things together for your good. If you can get a hold of that, it will sustain you in those moments where everybody else and everything else looks rough and looks destroyed. God can help you. I want to close. I want to be real practical over the next few minutes as I close. Let me help you to live this out every day of your life. Number one, determine God's dream for you. What is it God wants for me? Now, you know what? What God's dream for you and what your dream for you sometimes are not the same. I, I want to tell you, God's dream for me was to be a pastor. That was not my dream. I bargained with God for years. I said, if you'll let me be a, just a really good businessman and make lots of money, I'll pay double tithes. That wasn't his plan. I mean, I tried all kind of bargains with God. I tried all kind of things not to go into the ministry. But I knew, even from the time of a child, I knew God had called me to be in the ministry. So you've got to understand, what is it that God's 
dream is for your life. You say, well, how do I know that, Pastor? Well, there's a couple of three things real quickly. One is, what are your desires? What, what is it that you're desiring? I mean, you, you just can't get away from it. You, you, you think about it. It's there in the back of your mind all the time. What are the desires that are in your heart? The, the Bible says, if you'll delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, we've quoted that saying, well, if you desire a new Mercedes, if you desire a Benz, if you desire, you know, whatever, God will bring that to you. That's not what that scripture says. The Bible says if you will delight yourself in the Lord, then he's going to give you the right kind of desires. That's what that means, okay? So if I, if I want to know what it is that God's called me to do, what are the desires when I'm in that place with God and, and I'm talking to him, what are those desires at that moment? Second thing is what are your abilities? Again, my ability is not to play in the NBA. White men can't jump. Uh, you know, or something like that. I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just not me. I'm not, I'm not ever going to be there. Uh, so I, I've got to understand I might have the desire, but I don't have the ability. So, so your desire, your ability, and lastly, your preparation. What is it that you've spent your life preparing for? Or what is it now, teenagers and college students, what is it right now that you are in the process of preparing for? Those things will determine what it is that you are going to see happen in your life, and it fleshes out the dream that God has for you. And can I say this to you uh, before I give you the last two? L let me help some of you that are like me. You've got a little bit more gray hair than you used to. Don't quit dreaming. Don't give up because it seems like life is passing you by so quickly. Continue to dream. As long as there's life, there's hope. I love the scripture where it says Caleb at 80 years of age went back to Joshua and said, give me my mountain. I am well able to take it. Get a Caleb spirit a hold of you and said, I'm going to keep dreaming until the day I die. I'm going to believe for great things to God for God to do in my life. So number one is determine God's dreams for you. Number two is, <laughs> you ready? Be willing to be misunderstood. Every great person that's ever done anything for God or for mankind has been misunderstood. Go ask Joseph about dreaming. It will get you in a pit. It will get you sold into slavery. It will throw you in prison. That's what dreaming will do. Just get ready. You say, man, I got a great dream. Get ready. People are going to misunderstand you. But don't let the misunderstanding stop you from doing what God's called you. And last, don't allow distractions to win. Don't get distracted. The Apostle Paul said it this way. He, he said, this one thing I do, forgetting everything that's behind me, he said, I'm reaching forward for the prize of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. He said, there's a crown that's laid up for me. And he said, it's not only for me, but he said, it's for all of those who come after me who are pursuing the same thing. Let me say this to you. You have potential inside of you to change the present. And what you do today, people are always saying you can't change history. I beg to differ with you. What I do today changes history. Now, I can't go back in a time machine with Michael J. Fox, but I can change history by the dream that God places in me and what I do with it. It will change history. And that's what you're called to do. You say, well, I don't know if that works. Well, let me show it to you this way out of the Bible. God is such a dreamer that he had you in mind before he ever spoke the cosmos into existence. 
So I don't believe that. Well, let me quote the scripture to you. The Bible says it this way, before the foundation of the earth, before God ever said, let there be, and there was, the scripture says, before the foundation of the earth, a lamb was slain. God dreamed about you being in relationship with him. And he said, I want a family. So his dream involved sending his son who died on a cross so that you and I could become his children. That is the greatest dream that there has ever been and the greatest fulfillment that we will ever see through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what God thinks of you. If nobody else thinks highly of you, God does. And he's given you the ability to dream as well.